freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. everybody welcome to episode number 321 of gun freedom radio where we engage we educate and we inform we are brought to you by az firearms auctions your nationwide hometown gun auction where you set the price on guns ammo and accessories i am one of your hosts cheryl todd and i'm the other guy dan todd our theme today is preserving history for the next generation and our guest today is jeff goddessville jeff writes for page stage and screen he has won awards from the american library association the association of jewish libraries the writers guild of america the national council for social studies and the american alliance for theater and education his current focus is picture book text for children and he's just published his latest title 21 steps guarding the tomb of the unknown soldier welcome to the show jeff thank you for having me here it's a great opportunity to talk to your audience this is so awesome and so exciting. And I wish that I had planned ahead so that I had a copy of your book in my hands because we are definitely going to get a copy. We have two grandchildren, two granddaughters, and uh, they've both been to Washington, D.C. They've been to uh, those uh, where those steps were are taken every day. And I want them to, to learn more about it. Um, so talk to us. Oh, and by the way, it just so happens that as we're sitting in the studio on Monday, June 14th, 2021, today is Flag Day. So it is. We just put our flag up in front of the house. How appropriate is that? So, you know, it's interesting how we each grow and change through our lives, right? And our experiences that happen during our lifetime, the historical events. Uh, when you were younger, your views were somewhat different than they are today. Uh, you described yourself off air as a former Vietnam War protester, not in favor of the Vietnam War and, and maybe a lot of it that came along with that. Um, so how, how did you journey from that place to writing such a, such a deeply patriotic uh, book such as this? Well, here's what's good. What's good is I was engaged with my country, and with, with you know, and with our with our issues and problems and our, our hopes and dreams from a very young age. I was thinking last night. I think my ninth grade class voted me in the class will a life membership in the Communist Party, which <laughs> which someone sometime is going to dig out. Uh, sure. So, <laughs> Surprised they haven't already. <laughs> so it is. So it is true. I mean, I, I was a Vietnam. I was a Vietnam War protester, and and my my sense on the American military. I grew up in Teaneck, New Jersey, which is a 
a liberal bastion uh, near New York City. Mm -hmm. uh, we were the first school system in the country to integrate our schools voluntarily. I was part of that. It was amazing. It was a great thing. Uh, but I grew up in Teaneck. It was the Vietnam War. And I, my attitude about the American military and that war and most American institutions was skeptical at best. <laughs> But you know, but I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I, we are we taught our daughter question authority. I just hate so, it when it's me that she's questioning. <sighs> sure, skeptical at best, and you know. And then I got older, and I learned more history, mm -hmm. and uh, there were some seminal events that sort of changed my thinking. There was the 1973 Middle East War when Israel was attacked, and the United States military under President Nixon. You can say what you want about Nixon, but he ordered a resupply saved that country. Um, 10 years later, we had sent our Marines to, to Beirut on a peacekeeping mission to try and, and, and stabilize what used to be a, a amazing Middle Eastern capital. And, uh, and terrorists blew up our Marine barracks and grew up the barracks of the French uh, and Gulf War I. And, and I, I came to see that our institutions, you know, Churchill said like, democracy is the worst form of government except for everything else. Um, and, that, and that our military, I mean, as Dennis Prager often says, it, it's one of the greatest forces for good on, on the face of the planet historically. Now look, I'm not naive about this. We're a big country, we're a big military, we make mistakes. Sure. However, you know, and the Vietnam War may have been a mistake. I mean, historians are arguing about it till today. Mm -hmm that you oppose a war or oppose a policy does not mean you need to oppose the institution or, or, or oppose the country. I think we've got a great thing going in America, which is why fundamentally, I was in a frame of mind where I could write this book. Absolutely. You know, I love that. And, you know, it's interesting how things that seem maybe diametrically opposed or, uh, you know, that, that fight with each other really are, I think, and my background is in psychology. So as I'm unpacking this, you'll, you'll probably right. pick up on some of that. I think those are the things that ultimately bring us to the, the, the biggest areas of change in our lives. And, uh, and, and thank goodness for that tension, because I think that's usually where, where you get the best product, whether it's politically speaking, uh, in, you know, we're, we own a family business, multiple family businesses. And, you know, Dan and I, you know, it's, it's amazing at married couples. Sometimes we disagree. I, I just, I, what? you know, probably nobody out there has ever even experienced that, but sometimes we disagree. And then, you know, that, that tension brings us to a new, a new place and a better place. Well, I, think. Yeah, well, I think you're right. And I think we live in an age where, where disagreement is underscored. Mm -hmm. and heightened mm -hmm. and, and gets retweeted and gets mm -hmm. likes and uh, and pushes up the dopamine you know but for me I, you know i've traveled extensively in the united states i've been to 46 out of 50 states i my education was in maine and arizona i lived in nashville for 10 years i lived in salt lake city um we're a big nation and yes. and we managed to balance things um, when we're doing well, we balance them quite nicely, you know, uh, and I visited Europe and, and traveled all through Europe and lived in France for a while. And there are people out there who don't like democracy. Yes. You know, they just don't like the idea 
uh, of it, and it's something precious to protect. Yeah, we have people in the United States that don't like democracy. Right. No kidding. That's the scary. Yes. That's the scary yes. part. Well, yes. and no kidding. And to even understand that we are a, a, a republic, right? We are supposed to be a representative uh, uh, nation and republic. And that even gets lost because democracy, you know, is one part of it. But it's it's really um, what did uh, who was it that said we have a republic if you can keep it? Uh, ben Franklin, I think, said that um, as, as they were talking about our, our constitution and and our our bill of rights. So yeah. um, so this book right there behind you. 21 steps. I want to hear more about it. I want to hear all about it. Um, but one of the things that we kind of talked about off air is that it runs very counter to a lot of what else is going on in children's literature today. And I just wanted you to kind of, you know, unpack that a little bit, let us know a little more about what what that means. I'd, I'd call it a counterpoint. So, so the book is about the origin of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier following World War I, um, and about how the tomb guards came to guard it starting on July 2nd, 1937. And it is told from the perspective of the first unknown who was interred on the, on the 11th day of the 11th month at the 11th hour in, in 1921. And America was clamoring for a tomb of the unknowns because we lost so many people in World War I who never came home mm -hmm. or died nameless and faceless. And the idea that, the un that we don't know who the unknown is, that the unknown could be Christian, Jewish, Muslim, atheist, the unknown could be liberal, conservative, moderate, mm -hmm. the unknown could be black or white, uh, and we have unknown soldiers buried there now from World War II and, and Korea as well. Um, the fact that we don't know who the unknown is means the unknown belongs to all of us equally. Wow. And the tomb guards, who are men and women of every race, religion, and creed, we've had tomb guards from Native nations, we've had tomb guards who are Christian, Jewish, male, female, and on the mat, they do everything they can to self-efface. Mm -hmm. They would like to be, the mat is no place for creativity. They would like to be as similar to one another in their deportment and the way they carry out their duties and in their quest for perfection um, as, as any, other, any other tomb guard. So we live in an age of identity and I'm the, part of it is really good what's going on in children's literature. You know, the last 10 years, 15 years has seen books um, by writers who tended to be underrepresented about subjects that were underrepresented. But this book's a counterpoint to that. You know, there are times when self-effacement and focus on other values are the only way you can go through. Wartime is not a time for individual creativity and identity. It's a time where a black soldier from Compton, California's life will depend on a kid from Teaneck, New Jersey, and a kid from Teaneck, New Jersey's life is going to depend on someone from, from the Choctaw Nation, and someone from the Choctaw Nation is going to depend 
on some Boston kid who swings for the fences every time he comes to the plate. And that's, you know, that's our moment. And that's why the tomb is so sacred and why everyone who stands in front of it, I mean, you've been there. You just in awe when you look at it because you know in front of you, there's our country at its best. That's what we're capable of. Mm. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. I mean, you've said so much and the underscoring notion of it, I feel is about unification, about being unified. And we are supposed to be the United States. And so in a microcosm right there at that tomb, I think, and I never had thought of it that way before. I I love the way that you brought that out that, you know, the, at a time where, you know, it seems like uh, division is celebrated. I mean, it's wonderful to be unique, a unique individual, have a unique life, all those things, but not to the, the diminishment or the detriment of someone else. And it feels like that's kind of what's bubbling out there right now, that in order for me to be good, you know, somebody else has to be bad. And here at the, the tomb of the unknown soldier, you know, you're saying all of, all of those things go away. And it's just really about honoring. And, and the tomb guard. You know, and it's really, really hard to become a tomb guard. It's mm-hmm. probably, it's the hardest post for an enlisted person to achieve. The only harder thing to become in the army is an astronaut. There haven't been, there. I don't think there have been 700 of them since, uh, since they started to stand guard in, 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 in 1937. Um, the tomb guards embody a, a set of values in their work, which are also important values to hold. You know, these things can be side by side. You can be thinking about identity and you can think about self-effacement at the same time. It's not bad. And, you know, I, I have a lot of admiration for young people today. Um, they, are, they are more com- kinder and more compassionate and more tolerant than I was ever taught to be. And that's great because mm-hmm. kindness, you know, you're gonna build a bigger community and compassion, you're gonna help somebody who's hurting. And if you're not tolerant in the United States, we're not gonna have a country because we're a big wide nation. <laughs> However, those aren't the only values. Mm-hmm. And values like respect mm-hmm. and honor and diligence and self-effacement again, mm-hmm. and reverence and devotion, these are also crucial values if you're going to have a military and if you're going to have a country. We could have used a few more of those values during the last year, I think. You know. So you, there's been seven. Is there been seven hundred people that's guarded the tomb? Is that about right? Yeah, I think that's the number. I think they're in the high six hundred now. Now, and I and I've spoken to. Obviously, there's no way I can write this, but I wasn't. Right. I wasn't a tomb guard. I wasn't on the oak. I didn't serve in the military. Neither did my parents. Neither did my grandparents. So I had to talk to many of them to make this book possible. And, and they're and, remarkable. They're, they're yeah. just normal people. 
you know, I talk in the book before, before their service, they were students, they were supermarket baggers, they were auto mechanics. And, you know, from every walk of life, every race, religion and creed, and then on the mat, yeah. they're Americans. Right. That's it. And anybody that goes to that and sees that, that uh, event, um, they are so devoted and disciplined. Disciplined. Disciplined is the key. It's just like, it. the, you know, it, you can't just say, I'm going to do that and do it. it if you see yeah. it, you, you can't, you can't even understand what we mean unless you've been there. Mm -hmm. You because do need to see it. You could, kids could certainly watch video of it. And right. here's the thing. I, I had a conversation with a, with a tomb guard named Colin Anthony, um, who told me, it was like, you know, Jeff, here's the question I get all the time. It's like, isn't it just too much? all the 21s and holding your weapon at 90 degrees and and the heel clicks and spacing the metals to 164th of an inch and the quest for perfection is like isn't it too much and he told me i think about the unknown who gave everything including his name and his face and that's all three unknowns the least that i can give is my very very best for two years wow and every tomb guard has that attitude otherwise you don't do it yeah no that is so beautiful and i i am not going to get through this without crying i can just tell you right now i, I had no idea happen. when i went i I'm had so, no idea i'm so touched i had no idea when i went it, yeah. it was just you can't you cannot describe it. like i don't i don't even think you can see it on tv and understand it unless you're there you have it's, to amazing, it's amazing isn't it right. i mean you there's no it. there's no such thing as a quick visit to the tomb of the unknown soldier you know you get there and you're standing and and it almost doesn't depend what doesn't even matter what kind of day it is if it's pounding rain you're just stunned that the guards are carrying out their duty um the same way and if you're out there with five thousand people and you don't hear a pin drop right right yes. because everyone is just transfixed by what they're seeing it, it it's it's almost a religious spiritual thing right uh -huh. i mean in, in a tongue way say, yeah i i would say that and when we go it's always in the middle of summer so it is like so hot yeah. and all of that uh you know, marble or whatever it's made of, it is just radiating the heat of the sun. And I could stand there and fan myself, you know, or, you know, and, and I'm looking at these guards who just seem impervious to the elements and the, the level of focus it's inspiring is what it is. Because I, that's totally my phrase on it. It is, you are uplifted, but you would think it would be depressing. No. to go there you know and think about all the loss but um it, it's it is a little bit it's pretty bittersweet but it's also inspiring and now think about this during the covid year mm. there were no visitors to arlington there was no one on the plaza mm -hmm. and yet the tomb guards carried out their work as if there were ten thousand people there yeah. constantly that's the degree of devotion i love it and it 
and to that point, it's not a performance. Like you said, you know, it's not about look at me, how amazing I am that I can withstand this heat or whatever. It's just this duty and honor and, and to witness it, especially to be there. If, if the weather happens to be inclement in some way, it takes away all the excuses. Like mentally I can go back there and go, you know, um, maybe my, oh, but it's so hard that's going on in my brain today with whatever my tasks are, you know, I can, I can pull from the, uh, the strength and the focus and the, the, the precision. That's the thing that just gets me. It's like watching clockwork, uh, you know, the, the gears of a clock. As oh, they, they're, they're standard. They're standard, as it says in the Sentinel's Creed, which was a poem left at the doorstep of the tomb guard quarters in 1971. By the way, no one knows who wrote it. It was signed only Simon. So the, the writer is also anonymous. You know, the famous Perfect. line, the famous line six, our standard will remain perfection. And the idea of the perfection is, yes, people will focus on them and marvel at the perfection, but then they will look through the tomb guard, hopefully to the tomb, you know, and ponder, you know, what the cost of our freedom is, you know, the freedom yes. to be individuals yes. is wow. born in the blood of men and women who gave everything, including their names and their faces. I mean, it's, it's paradoxical, but it's also magnificent. I can't wait to see your book because it's like nah. anything that we can teach our kids to understand that. Because right I, now a lot of them don't. They're not can I, teaching. Can, Go ahead. Can I can I read a paragraph from it? Yeah. Okay. Please. Okay. Yes. Fantastic. Let's see. Let's see if I can do this. It's so funny. Most of the time when I read my own stuff, I like I want to take a red pen and mark it all up. I just hate it afterwards. <laughs> this, this this book so far this is going pretty good. So I'm reading I'm reading from this page. Okay. Mm -hmm. which is, and Matt Tavares's artwork is unbelievable. Yes. So this is the first unknown in state in the Capitol, uh, November 10, um, 1921. And again, remember this, I'm right, it's told in first person. Okay. In 1921, one unknown returned to stand for all. I, was transported by the Navy to Washington and lay in state in the Capitol where an army of mourners filed past my casket. Many were families whose sons died nameless and faceless as they knelt, prayed and anointed my flag with tears. I felt their stories, the stories of a Boston kid who swung for the fences, a Texas boy who broke horses, a Choctaw Nation farmhand, a Nevada miner. In that moment, I became theirs. Wow. Oh my gosh, goosebumps. Because we don't know, he, he could have been any of their sons, any, right? Any of them. You know, it is the, you know, it's the, the epitome of selfless service and, and, you know, hope, you know, hopefully kids, kids will read this mm -hmm. and understand the selfless service of our soldiers mm -hmm. and the selfless service of the tomb guards 
and be inspired maybe to just be a little bit better mm -hmm. in some aspect of their life mm -hmm. on a national holiday fine you know watch baseball but take 21 seconds yeah. to think about the cost that family that individuals have endured families have endured military units have endured communities have endured and a nation has endured and i'll tell you what when you start thinking about those costs and realize that they belong to all of us mm -hmm. suddenly people with whom you disagree the disagreement's not so profound if you can if you can if you can unite on the reality of the loss mm -hmm. and the reality of the cost okay you disagree we'll do better we'll figure something out here the problem is a lot of people there's people out there that don't care about the loss they don't look into the loss and that's what's hard is because they don't realize what was given to us you know all i can say dan is that the response of young people to this book and i've done a lot of zoom talks on it all over the country um they're stunned you know i look at the classrooms of third graders and fourth graders and then the questions come how do you become a tomb guard uh, how long are they out there on the mat for in the summer what happens if somebody faints um who was the first woman uh, and the questions just they keep coming at me and coming at me um they don't remember a lot of times because we're not doing a good enough job teaching yeah. and you know I, I i'm fond of saying you can't blame somebody for something they were never taught so yeah. let's, that's true you know so let's teach you know right. let's teach that i hope a book like like 21 steps um becomes a, a a teaching tool as as well as a, an emotional connection for young people to the service and they know it yeah. they know it they know about the wars even a little bit yeah. but this doing it in first person yes from the unknown that it. makes it personal personalizes yeah. it yeah so, that's right uh you know, you, you touched on the fact that, you know, if you, as you've done these zoom calls with younger kids in their classrooms and whatnot, that the reaction has been wonderful. How about adults across the, the political spectrum, right? I mean, this sounds like something that, you know, the, the real diehard flag waving, you know, patriotic, maybe conservatives would gobble up, um, but is it is it just that audience or, or what has only, been the reaction? No, no, not only. I mean, I've done a I've done a program at Politics and Prose Bookstore in um, in Washington, D.C. There was a feature story by Mike Kelly uh, on the North Jersey Record, a front page story uh, about it. It resonates. Look, we're, I'm, I'm fond of saying this. We're a big country, 330 million people. It gets really flaky out at the edges. You know, and that's, and that's just, no, it does, but you know, just look at the numbers, you know, you've got 330,000 people there. They're just like, you can't even talk, you know, but for most of us, the vast majority of us, mm -hmm. left, right, center, yeah, they respond to this because they know it's true. I love it. It's just the, you know, truth does tend to do that, you know, uh, and it resonates and you know, you can't, you can't deny what's been going on at, at this tomb for how many years since 1937. 
Well, right? the Tomb Guard since 37 and we're in the centennial year. Okay, mm -hmm. so this coming, this coming November is the 100th anniversary of the tomb itself. Um, and uh, you have to realize also, because people are people. The tomb was established in, 19, in 1921. And uh, let me see if I can read this, read this quickly. Um, yeah. Okay, so this is spread from the book. Yes. I mean, look at what's going on here. And it says, people though, forget mm -hmm. easily my tomb stands on a hill crest mm -hmm. it did not take long for visitors to come for the view and not the meaning oh, some yeah. brought picnics feasting gaily above my bones oh, wow. so you know it, 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 we constantly need to be reminded you know mm -hmm. vol volunteers stepped in and started guarding the tomb and then in 1937 the, the official guard from the, the third regiment, the old guard began to be posted there, but it's so easy to forget. Yeah. You have to hold on to memory. Yeah. You know, very used to get washed away. It's true. And uh, when I was, one of the times that we went and visited, there was some, it was some young teenagers. They just didn't know. They didn't realize what was going on. They, they were being a little bit, boisterous loud not realizing how really inappropriate and rude it was and the guards they they even know what to do about that they make they like did. a quick vocal correction and i mean it it gets everyone's attention and i mean it's just exactly what needs to happen and everybody just moves on right and and i'm glad for that because again we could if the guards weren't allowed to do that or instructed to do that. Uh, I think, again, it could just kind of be like, oh, it's just this place that we go, you know, and not really keep that reverent um, spiritual. You know, at, at, the, at the risk of getting too philosophical, the, um, the, great, <laughs> the great Austrian psychiatrist, Viktor Frankl, who mm -hmm. was in the camps, um, he's Jewish, you know, he was in the camp, he survived the camps and came out and wrote one of the great books of all time called Man's Search for Meaning. And in the book, he said, the United States, he loved America, but he said, the United States, you've got a Statue of Liberty. What you guys need is a Statue of Responsibility. <laughs> a Statue of Responsibility someplace on the West Coast. Because, uh, yeah. because without, without responsibility, liberty just devolves into everybody doing what they want. Right. Wow. We have that statue of responsibility. It's, it's at Arlington. It's it. the tomb of the unknown soldier. Oh my God. And yeah, anyone who pays any attention to it at all will be will be a better, will be a better person, mm -hmm. will be a better American, and will, will help us build a more United States. I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah, I hate to say because the first time that I went to the tomb before I knew what it was all about. Mm -hmm. I probably, well, I wouldn't sit on the tomb, but I would have probably been the picnic people just looking at the view and things. Mm -hmm. And just in your mindset. In the mindset. But then when you go there and you realize that what what's there and why it's, why there. it's there makes a difference. I mean, because I've always respected military mm -hmm. people that have served in our country and saved, you know, saved us from everything. But it was, it wasn't, it didn't click to me yeah. at first. Yeah. So what I also want to say, Jeff, your book, I haven't read it yet, of course, but what you've read to me, it, you know, it's designed for children. Mm 
It is. But, but you know what? It's going to touch a lot of adults' hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've spoken to adult groups. I've spoken to senior groups. Um, I'm going to be speaking to some military groups about it. It resonates because I think it just reframes also. Mm-hmm. You know, it frames it for young people. And I, would, I wouldn't give this to a kindergartner. Mm-hmm. I would right. say third grade and up. Yeah. But for an adult, you know, who understands the context yeah. uh, and, and has borne the losses of, of, of friends and community members who, who made the ultimate sacrifice, um, it resonates strongly with those folks. Very strong. And I think those are sometimes the best kids books are the ones that, you know, kind of hit, hit us adults in a place where we're like, I either knew this and forgot it or where the heck have I been that I didn't ever know this um, and cause us to, you know, really want to dig in more and, and teach our kids more and teach ourselves more. So I applaud that. Um, just as we start ri- winding what? down a little bit. We're not going to wind down. We're going to talk about other stuff. <laughs> I know. <laughs> does not want to go. Um, Stay with me. <laughs> talk, talk to us about some of your other works. Like, you know, so you, you've got this children's Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm a writer. I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for a good story. I got the idea for this book. I mean, you know, there was a big philosophical build to it, but I was visiting the Los Angeles National Cemetery in, on Memorial Day of 2016, mm-hmm. and sort of, which I do on uh, Memorial Day, and was walking amongst the headstones and saw a couple that said unknown. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, right? <laughs> right here in the Los Angeles National Cemetery. And then I started digging in and, and, and it got me thinking about the tomb and the, and the tomb guards. Um, yeah, I look, for, I look for good stories. I have a book coming in September, uh, a holiday season book called The Christmas Mitzvah, um, which, is a, which, is a, which is about a, it is fun. It's about a, it's about a, inspired by a true story about a Jewish man in Milwaukee who loved Christmas and was incensed that his Christian neighbors had to work on Christmas Eve. So we started volunteering to do their jobs and he did it for 30 some odd years and it became like a thing. Um, my, uh, my first picture book um, was, is called The Tree in the Courtyard. Uh, it's Anne Frank's story, but from the point of view of the horse chestnut tree in the courtyard behind the secret annex, which came down in a storm. And now seedlings from that tree have been planted all over the world. Uh, there's one, for example, at the 9-11 Memorial in New York. There's one at uh, Central High School at Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, and yeah, it's, picture books are what I do now um, because they're a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell a complete story like this in 850 words or so. But you know, before that, I did a little bit of everything. I wrote for, I wrote for The Young and the Restless. I wrote for Smallville, I've written Teen Chiclet. I mean, I've done, you know, if it can be written, I, if it's not about uh, architecture or carp fishing, I've pretty much written it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Well, I love how you see the world. Like, you know, you're talking about Anne Frank and you decide the tree should tell the story. You're talking about the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and you decide that the first soldier should tell us the story. 
That's amazing. Well, that well, was there every it's day. It's not gut instinct. It can yeah. take me a while to get to those things. That's awesome. Uh, but this, this, for 21 Steps, I mean, I sort of floundered around in the story for about a year until, uh, until I figured out, let's tell it from the point of view of the first unknown. Um, so it's, um, it's not all easy, but wow. always worth it. It's, it's amazing. And it's uh, really our honor to have a moment to chat with you about all of this. And, uh, you know, our, our granddaughters are two and almost seven. So oh, they are perfect. a little bit on the young side, as you yeah. say, for this particular book. But uh, the pictures are still, they, for, especially for the, the almost seven-year-old, she's been there a couple, a few times. Oh, they're so they're, they're remarkable. Back to her. I should show off a little bit of, of Matt's artwork. So this is this is inside the tomb guard quarters and you see one of the guards shining a shoe they'll shine their shoes for anywhere between four and six hours a day uh, it's, um, wow this is i mean this is this is the crowded this is the crowded plaza mm -hmm. yeah and then this that's a tomb guard alone at night Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, he, that's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, so for her, she'll be able to, beautiful. She'll be able to look at those pictures and go, oh yeah, grandma, we were there. I remember. Yeah. And uh, then when we uh, go back again, then the two-year-old might have that level of familiarity that she's seen these pictures before and it'll just build upon itself. But so, thank you. Thank you again thank you so, so much. much. My, my, my dream, my dream and my perfect world is that just as the night before Christmas is read all over America on Christmas Eve, maybe 21 steps will be read the night before Memorial Day or Veterans Day. Go have fun on those days. Absolutely. That's what our soldiers fought for. You know, enjoy our lives, but take a little bit of time. I love it. I really love it. Uh, tell folks how they can continue to follow you, get all of your other books, all your new books that you haven't yet even put pen to paper on. <laughs> I'm, I'm easy. I'm easy to find. There are only there are only three Jeff Gottesfelds in in America, and I'm the writer. I actually know the other two, and I've had a beer with one of them. Oh wow! Um, but but you can. My website is Jeff Gottesfeld Writer. Um, dot com. I'm on Instagram. Uh, you can find my books at IndieBound, at Amazon, at Barnes and Noble, at your local bookstore. Uh, this this book this book is everywhere, and it's thrilling to see how it's being embraced. I love it. Yes. Well, thank you again so much. We so appreciate you, Jeff. And we're gonna check back in with you and see some of your new books. Talk to you about some of your new books in the future. I'd love that. Thank thank you again for having me, and have. Uh, have a beautiful flag day today and on into the future. Absolutely. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, you very too, much. Jeff. So long, guys. Bye -bye. So long. Well, I, you know, I think about that book and, you know, if he can touch just a few kids and those kids touch a few other kids because, you know, you look on YouTube and they say, what is Memorial Day to, to people? And people say it's a day to party. It's a day to do this, a day to do that. And they don't even know what it means. Mm -hmm. You know, so hopefully this book will help touch some kids to be able to tell other kids what it means. I agree. And imagine if you have a family member who, you know, their remains never, you know, were identified 
what, what an impact this can have on you just to say, okay, our, our family member really is remembered and really is honored. And this is, you know, evidence of that. I just think it's beautiful. And I'm, I'm so uh, grateful and appreciative for Jeff to have written it and then uh, had it so beautifully illustrated and then shared it with us. It's, it's really quite a work. And it's so interesting how you can be so profound in a kid's book. Right? Right. Kids book. That's amazing to me. All right. Well, we want to thank Jeff uh, for being an awesome guest. And all our listeners, too. And all of our amazing listeners who, of course, are not just here in Arizona where we're sitting, not just across our united, hopefully still united states. Except Um, the crusty borders. The crusty, yeah. Edges. Crusty edges. I love how he said that. Um, but across the, the world, yeah. uh, thank you so much for taking the time to, you know, stop in with us and whether you're watching us on, on video format, which this is one you really want to have watched, right? Not just listened to because we get to have a sneak peek into some of those beautiful illustrations in Jeff's book, but, um, you can watch us on YouTube till they kick us off because YouTube is not super friendly to a lot of the things we have talked about on this show. This one should be fine, right? I I don't know. There's accountability and discipline. Those are heavy words to some users. Responsibility, yeah. Yeah. Um, You can find us on uh, Gunstreamer. That's like a YouTube style site. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are very friendly to um, just free speech. So we love them. And then also on the smartphone app, it's called OpsLens. You can find our videos on there. And if you uh, really would prefer to just listen, you know, maybe because you're out taking a walk or taking a long drive or something and you know the audio only format is the better way to go you can find all of our episodes at gunfreedomradio.com you click the on demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content as my husband rolls his eyes at me darling (laughs) darling and um, if you want to learn more about each of our guests that we've ever had on, these are amazing subject matter experts. You can click the guest tab. You will find photos and bios and links to all of the, the other things that these experts have done in their, their careers. And uh, we actually even try to keep up with it. So, you know, moving forward, we try to, you know, keep those updated with with new stuff that our guests have been doing. Um, so it's an incredible resource and we don't hate it when you spend time there. So you ready to wrap up? I'm ready to wrap up. All right. So mm. until next time, what are we going to do? We're going to pray for this nation. Yep. Pray for our leaders. Yep. All of them. How about the ones you don't like? Oh, that's, that's a lot of silence not, right there. I'm not allowed to. That was a long pause. No, everyone. We're going to pray for everyone. <laughs> Maybe especially <clears throat> the ones you don't particularly and like. And let's pray for the, let's pray for the families of the unknown soldiers. Absolutely. Just pray for them today. Absolutely. And for the dedication of the tomb guards. Unbelievable. Yeah. Really amazing. Uh, examples to our young people. We'll um, pray for our young people that they can understand 
the sacrifices that were made by mm -hmm. the the people that helped you to become free. Absolutely. And stay free. So anyway, thank you all so much. And until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week. And, and God bless. Bye-bye. <laughs>